You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 155. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 155. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Good day to you, my love. So you ready to talk to the pod people? I am. What do we call them? We called. What did I come up with? Uh, oh, the audience. The audience. Yes, the audience. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought that was so great. He came home the other day and he was like, Wait, are we going to talk to the audience?" And I was like, oh, yeah. Smith, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so yeah, so we have tons of exciting things to share with you. Mm-hmm. We're doing sort of like a part two of fear. We talked to you a lot about not being so damn paralyzed by fear last week. And then this week we're going to talk about kind of making friends with fear and other uncomfortable emotions and how we tend to, how we get locked into that paralysis and then a couple more ways in which we can break free from that. And I have like a little three-step process for that. So Mm. I think that should be really exciting. Fear part two. Yeah. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So I that should be awesome and I actually have I'm going to be reading a listener's submission so somebody who oh. so somebody from the audience <laughs> you mean a, a audience member a audience member <laughs> so I think it should be really great but it is one of those times where I have one of my excuse me your badasses showing mm. self-confidence edition oh. classes open for registration so I'm really pumped because these these classes are really fun. They're shorter and sweet. They're about 21 days, so just about three weeks. They're a little more palatable. They're great for people who need a refresher or who are just delving into personal development and want to take it a little bit further because believe it or not, as much as you think you get from the pods, these are even more in-depth without being super overwhelming, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, you got more. I got more. Oh my gosh. There's so many levels. <clears throat> so much ammunition. So many levels you don't even know. So I wanted to tell you really what this particular course is about and light a fire under your ass because if, if this is something that you want to do, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday are the last opportunities to get it at the early bird rate plus the really kick-ass bonus, which I'm going to tell you about. So this particular class is for those of you who really want to learn how to change your relationship to fear so you stop stop acting from that place of fear and guilt all the time, which is a little bit what we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. but the class takes it obviously much further. Right. The uh, excuse me, so I just love that. I, I call them my excuse me classes typically. <laughs> so in, in this one, we're also going to talk about how to really say no, like what that actually looks like, how to say no to things that you really don't want to do that are stealing your joy and how to do that from a place of kindness 
how to value yourself so much that you stop apologizing and over-explaining yourself for all sorts of shit, like whether you're super meticulous and organized or apologizing or over-explaining why you don't want children or why you're a vegan or, you know, all these right. things you feel compelled to share your stances on. We're going to completely rearrange that. And how to actually speak up for yourself. This is one of my favorites because the chronology of this class is all about truly dealing with the fear that you have around speaking up for yourself, then realizing how invested you are in what other people think of you, and then looking at what are the actual conversations that I need to have. Mm -hmm. So this is for those of you who have a hard time in that area of confidence where you get paralyzed actually speaking up or taking a stand with your coworkers, or you find that a lot of times your silence makes you a liar, you know, yeah, yeah. which is a totally real thing. So if you opt to join me in the next couple of days, you'll also get a fully loaded bonus that actually used to sell for $97 itself. Whoa. And it's no longer available and we only use it for bonus material because it's such a great supplement to all the classes that I teach. And it's basically interviews, hour-long interviews with 15 different experts, including Jen Loudon and Meadow DeVore and Danielle Laporte, some huge names if you oh, don't wow. know who they are. And they talk about how self-love influences everything from your body to your finances to your inner critic so it kind of it's a i'm always talking about messaging like you have to change your messaging so this Mm -hmm. is a great thing that you'll get immediately when you register you can right away start listening to it and start changing how you what you're inundating yourself with because we're used to inundating ourselves with so much nonsense you know what i mean yeah oh absolutely so i think that this can be a really, really great way for people who are knowing that they want to make a change, knowing that they want to make a shift, but they're not quite ready to do a huge program. They're not quite, you know, it's just a nice, safe class. Dip your toe in the jacuzzi. Dip your toe into jacuzzi. (laughs) Dip my toe to jacuzzi, baby. That's exactly right. So if you are interested, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash excuse me. All one word, thejoyjunkie.com slash excuse me. You can read all about it. I have a really awesome return policy. And then I really encourage you to check out the testimonials of my previous students Mm. because I've had quite a few people go through this program. And it's amazing getting into the Facebook group because you'll get access to a private Facebook group and how everybody comes together going, I thought I wasn't the only one, you know, and it's so unifying to know that other people struggle with that. So thejoyjunkie.com slash excuse me and let's get our confidence on. Oh, and it's, I mean, it's less than $100 right now on early bird. Yeah. It's like out the door. (laughs) Super easy. Killing me. Right? So we do have a quick little moment if we want to do a little would you rather segment if you'd like. All right. Well, let's go right into it then. Would you rather? Today's would you rather is fairly simple. Um, would you rather have uh, Jimmy Fallon hmm. or Tina Fey as your best friend? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, 
Well, first of all, earmuffs, Andrea, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> because your your BFF time uh, too. Right, yeah. right. This would this would be for my second best friend. Yeah. Um, not for my first best friend. Did you ever do that as a <laughs> yeah. kid? Did you yeah. do first best friend? Who didn't? I didn't know if that was just like a I girl think everybody thing. does that. I yeah. I think it is more of a girl thing though, but guys have best friends too. Boys have best friends. But you don't like label them like your first best friend, second best friend. Status. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I ever did that. I remember hearing it though. Because I I had in my journal like I had journal entries where I would scratch off, and I had like <laughs> three or four. But depending on who I was pissed off at, like uh, I funny. would change the hierarchy of their status. Oh, that's great. <laughs> They're oh now in uh, third place. Yeah. Now you are no longer first best friend. You are only second best friend. Which, I mean, wow. Don't piss off the joy junkie. Don't piss her off. That was an itty bitty smitty back then. That's right. So answer the question. Okay. 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 I was trying to be a little politician there. I think, God, that's hard for me because I think they're both hilarious. And I think Tina Fey has so much... Just as a woman, she's so incredible exactly. in in what she's accomplished. Right. And it's all been relatively recent. Like, I remember seeing something about her that uh, in her 20s or 30s even, she was doing some odd job. It was before she really made it big. So there's encouragement there, too. <sighs> I don't know. I Because I love Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I he know. just seems like a good fucking he dude. Seems like, he seems like a good time, like... You know, somebody that you'd hang out with and just have a great time no matter what you were doing. I think Jimmy Fallon would be just, like, genuinely kind and just fun and amazing all the time. But I feel like Tina Fey would probably call me out on shit. Mm, to be a better friend, friend. And that's what I really need. So so Fallon would be your second best friend. Well, Andrea's my Andrea first is best friend. Andrea's your first best friend. Yeah, <laughs> Then Tina Fey, then Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, write it down in your journal. <laughs> <laughs> My Cabbage Patch journal that, right. that I just found when we were uh, organizing the garage. That's so funny. Yeah, in Cabbage Patch journal, it's going to go. I love it. How about you? Um, I think Jimmy Fallon would probably be my best friend. Yeah. Good guy to hang out with. Totally. For sure. Oh, my God. Good stuff, <laughs> Mr. Smith. I really appreciate your... your... My uh, tenacity and your attention. My would you rather insight? Yeah, your would you rather insight, which, by the way, it's so funny when I hear from people on Instagram, they're like, there's no way with the hobo poo. There's no way with the hobo poo. <laughs> you know? Hobo poo. That's right. That it's, was last week, huh? It's so funny. No, I last week was Darth Vader and Yoda. Yeah. Oh, don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, I get all confused because we <clears throat> prepare these ahead of time. In advance, yeah. But, yeah, but overwhelmingly tiny rhino. I mean, Tiny Rhino was the big one. Overwhelmingly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just really funny to hear from you. So if you, I, I hang out the most probably on Instagram. That's my favorite. So uh, hit me up over there at the Joy Junkie if you want to tell me what your favorite would you rather is for the week. Love to hear from you. All right. So this week we have a listener submission about fear that I thought, you know what? This is really a great example of what we were talking about last week and kind of adding some more quantifiable steps and things, action steps you can do. Because you know I love to take a lot of this stuff that's so conceptual, it's really heady, it's, you know, you can understand it, but then how is the change actually created? Right. So she writes in and she says, so I am an English-born, London-living lady in her early 20s, and I'm terrified. 
not in the I don't know what I'm going to do with my life kind of way, but in the way that I know what the hell I want and I just have no idea how to get there kind of way. Mm, Been there. Right? I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now when I used to live in LA. Holla. And I know you talk a lot about fear and I hear you on this topic and I totally understand and I get that is what's going on with me, but how on earth do I move forward from it? I sometimes feel so overwhelmed by fear that it can leave me feeling paralyzed. So obviously, I'm going to want her to re- listen to fear paralysis from last week. But sure. I, but well, then she's she, listening. She's probably heard it. Yeah. And then she says, well, do you have any action steps or ideas on how to start conquering fear and accepting it? Like, do you have any t- tips on how to embrace fear and make it your friend rather than your enemy? Many thanks for what you're doing. Intercontinental fist pump coming your way. <laughs> Big kiss, little kiss, little kiss, little kiss. A big kiss, a little kiss. <laughs> hug, hug, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, big kiss, little hug, kiss, kiss, little kiss. <laughs> Which I, I thought was like, oh my gosh. First of all, the fact that there's a big kiss, little kiss. I was like, that's perfect. Perfect. And she was like, do you have any action steps? And I'm like, well, I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. As a matter of fact, you, I do. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I do. And I started really thinking about uncomfortable emotions because the steps that I'm going to share with you today are really about handling any kind of uncomfortable emotion. So in this situation, we're talking a lot about fear. And again, what we really dive into deeper in the Excuse Me course, which is why I really wanted to underline this so that if you're interested, you know the next step to take. Sure. And I I think that there's a really common thing when we feel uncomfortable emotions. So what I mean by uncomfortable emotions are anger, uh, jealousy, spite, frustration, where we just straight up feel uncomfortable. And then what we want to do, like our tendency, is to make that feeling stop. So we do whatever we have to do to make it stop. And so we very rarely really take the time to process that emotion. We talked about this a little bit, a little bit last week, but resiliency really comes from being with the emotion instead of running away from it. Right. right? <clears throat> so yeah. the first step, your first item of business, no matter what it is, whether you're feeling really fearful and scared of like, let's say, putting in a resume or building your website or whatever it is, like she was saying, I know what I need to do. I'm just terrified to do it. Afraid to do it right. So in those moments when you're like, oh my God, it's happening, you have to first of all acknowledge what you're feeling when you feel it. Not after the fact later when you're like, oh, I always get scared to send an email or I always get nervous to go on an interview or Mm -hmm. I always, not later, it's in the fucking moment because we're trying to build up resiliency and you can only build up resiliency to something that's uncomfortable if you you tackle it it in the moment. Catch it at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. And you can always, you know, I I tell my students all the time, you can always declare a do-over it because hindsight's twenty twenty. A lot of times you'll see things later and you'll go, ooh, there it got me. There it really got me. And you can just kind of declare a do-over and say, next time, I'm really going to catch it in the moment. 
But for our purposes, I want you to really focus on calling that shit out, like really calling it out. And I find that this happens a lot of times with people who have taken certain emotions and made them mean something. Like maybe you had a parent who uh, there was no emotion other than happy. And so there was no anger. Like you don't get angry. Or if you get sad, you go handle that in your room and you just cry your eyes out in your room. Or if you're anxious, then that's weak. And so you just don't show it. Or you could have been taught certain things about emotions. So instead of really feeling them or processing them or even just owning them, like calling it out and saying, I am so frustrated right now, you immediately bypass even acknowledging it and you go straight to numbing it out. Yeah. Or you go straight to, I don't want to feel it. Exactly. So what that usually looks like is I just need a drink. I'm just going to zone out on Facebook. I just need to like go do a workout real quick. And yes, working out or working, throwing yourself into work, those things can be great and therapeutic as well. But not if there's an absence of addressing emotion. Like you have to address it. Yeah. So that's the first step. And I know that sounds really silly, but even if you can just say it out loud, like, I am so furious right now. I am so angry. Or I am scared to death. Holy shit, that email that just came through completely scared me to death. And acknowledge, here's the emotional state that I'm in. Because again, most of the time, we don't even do that for ourselves. We just subconsciously go, I'm uncomfortable, better numb out. Yeah. Better escape. So yeah, you got to catch it at the moment. Otherwise, when do you catch it? Right. You don't catch it and then you you go to those behaviors. So that's exactly why when, let's say, somebody's asking something of you and you feel the guilt feeling, instead of sitting with that guilt and really choosing how you want to feel about like really looking at like, okay, I'm understanding what's happening here. I'm feeling guilt. We don't want to feel that. It's immediately uncomfortable. So we go, sure, I'll do whatever you need. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. No, yeah, we can totally re- reschedule. No, we can totally, I'll totally bake all those cupcakes. I'll totally, instead of just going, okay, I'm feeling guilt. Does that, is that really how I want to proceed with my action here? But we just bypass what we feel all the time. And we just go into, I don't want to feel it mode, which with whatever corresponding action that happens to be. You know, something that's been working for me, uh, obviously it's going to be harder to do in front of people, but um, whenever I get a feeling of like I need to numb out or uh, I'm afraid or, you know, any of those uncomfortable emotions is I just take three deep breaths. Yeah. And just kind of like it, it's almost like it lets it subside a little bit. Yes. Like I can be with it for those three breaths and then my consciousness starts to come back and I can handle it a little bit better. Whereas in the moment, you're so tied up in the emotion that you can't separate from it. That's exactly right. Right? So like for me, and you can use any mnemonic device or whatever you want to use, but that one works for me. Just like, do that a couple times and then I can kind of like get my head around things a little bit better of where I'm at. Well, you don't even realize this, but you just did another amazing segue. Oh, that's how I do. I'm Segway Smithy. (laughs) Segway Smith. So the second piece is to actually take time to process and sit with it. So step one is calling it out. Here's how I feel. I am acknowledging it. Then the second place is to actually be with it. So this is the opposite 
of running from it. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. what we often do is we choose some sort of behavior or action right then that we think will make it stop. So if you're feeling really depressed and you're feeling all of this longing for your ex and you're caught up in this emotion, you think, ooh, you know what will make me feel better? Reaching out and texting him, and maybe he'll send this loving message back, and then I'll magically feel better. Right. So you go to a behavior that you think will make you feel better instead of just really sinking into it. And it's counterintuitive because we're wired to either pursue pleasure or avoid pain. So there is definitely this natural fight that happens where we're like, I don't want to feel that. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. But one of the things that's so important to know about that is we cannot selectively numb emotion. And that's a quote from Brene Brown where she talks about if you choose to numb the dark, you also numb the light. So that's why you see people who never want to tap into their anger. They never want to acknowledge their guilt. They never want to look at any of that stuff. And they also don't experience joy, euphoria happiness excitement at least not in an extreme so that's where you get a lot of people who are like oh my god i'm so numb i don't even feel like i can feel anymore mm-hmm. it's like well because you started numbing all of your emotions right so we don't do this just so that we can sit with things that feel shitty we do it so that we can surpass them that's the whole resilience resiliency piece is that so we can move past them faster than if we try all of these other methods of not dealing with it and so that we can actually feel the really beautiful comfortable emotions so that we can tap into all of them that's why we do it Mm -hmm. so the second piece is to take time to process and sit with it now it depends what you're experiencing if you're experiencing fear that is often really closely tied with anxiety so if you're in the throes of feeling anxious like let's say you have a job opportunity and you know it would be really great for you to take but you're scared shitless okay you call it out oh my gosh okay this email just came through I am super nervous about this. Okay, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And you just take that time and maybe you take a little, a few moments to do some deep breaths, like you said. Yeah. You sink into it. You acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you use some of the skills that we talked about last week, which is just speaking kindly to yourself. Sure. Because you have to remember that fear is a biological response. It's, you know, it, I love to say, like, it's just as asinine to get mad at yourself for feeling fear as it is getting mad at yourself for throwing up food that doesn't sit well with you. You know, it's like, no, your body's just looking out for you. And even though you're not in imminent danger, your body doesn't know that. You right. know, so when you get fearful, it's just trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. So in those moments going, thank you. Thank you for coming to my rescue. We're not in danger. We're going to be fine. Maybe you journal about it a little bit. Maybe you do something physical like breathing, yoga, stretching, but allowing room for it. Yeah. That's the most important thing. <clears throat> Instead of stuffing it away or pushing it away. Right. I know for me. There's a huge piece in honoring how you operate. I know some people are, they process really, really well through writing or they process really well verbally or through their body. You know, some people it's totally in the meditation and yoga piece. For me, it's extremely audible. So what I do is I often hit up my best friend and we have this really awesome... Wait, your first best friend? My first best friend. (laughs) 
<laughs> Way to bring it around. Uh, I'll contact her through, we have like this sort of walkie-talkie app that we use on our phones where I can leave her like this long verbose voicemail and then she can listen to it on like two or three or four times fast. And, and so I'll just tell her, I'm going to tell you all the things I'm pissed about right now, you know, and I just need to rant. I need to vent. And then I'll usually text and say, hey, you can speed that one up. But it's just I need to get I need to put it out in the ether because you were talking about before, too, like we hold that shit in our bodies. Exactly. Like We think we're just not rocking the boat or come on. I know you don't need to get that crazy about it. And we make all these excuses for why we shouldn't feel what we feel. Yeah. And then they erupt in... It, it, it gets stored as cortisol. <clears throat> right. It creates cortisol and the cortisol gets stuck in your body. It doesn't get processed. And then when that cortisol level gets high, we search for dopamines. Mm-hmm. We, we look for adrenaline boosts and things that boost our dopamine levels. And those can be good or bad. So the choices we make on those points are very important. Right. But once those cortisone levels reach a certain point, then we break. And that's where stuffing it or pushing it away goes bad, right? Right. That is exactly right. And so it's not, I think what's so important, just even hearing you talk about what happens like on a scientific level, you're not being a goddamn hero by stuffing your emotions, you know? And I really think, I would argue this very strongly, that it takes more bravery and more strength to actually be with uncomfortable emotions. Absolutely. Because everything that we are taught typically by our family, the media, our society, is everything against that is completely, yeah. you know, and antagonizes it. So I think that if you can start doing this in baby increments in ways in which you feel safe, I don't necessarily think it's about telling everybody in your life, I'm really pissed right now and just screaming and yet do it in ways in which you feel safe you know find that that person if you like to process audibly to say i need to vent this out or i'm really scared i do that with you i do that with you know my first best friend and i'll just say i am experiencing so much fear around this here's what's running through my head this is what i need from you you know and i just let it all out right you know if you're auditory right like there's you have to find your your vessel. Method. That's right. Right. Find the way that the 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 path that serves you and that, helps exactly you right. and helps you manage those emotions. Yeah. And that's what I said. You know, some people it's you know laying down and doing meditation or yoga or listening mm-hmm. to music. Yeah. Other people it's physical. You know, where you need to run and think about it as you run, and it it's an expulsion of energy. Is all that is. Sure. And it's some people. And that's a release of those cortisols. That's exactly right. Exactly. Or writing, you know. Again, so pick your method mm-hmm. and line yourself up so that you know. Okay, I t- I'm going to go into this job interview, and I always have tons of fear. Or for me, yesterday, I'm going into an audition. I have tons of fear, and so I call on all of these things that I know help me make friends with fear. I like to call it being fear optimized instead of fearless, which I think doesn't even fucking exist. But I want to just make a comment about this, that we're not ever eradicating that emotion of fear. That's like telling yourself you can't stop sweating. Like, don't ever sweat again. You know, it's part of our biology and our physiological makeup. Yeah, we're meant to feel it. There's a piece in 
really being compassionate with yourself about what you're feeling. And I know I mentioned this a little bit last week, but I wanted to read you more from Liz Gilbert's book, Magic Lessons. And she talks about this kind of battle between wanting to be creative, wanting to go out in the world and do our mission, and this battle that we have with fear. So she talks about, before I begin any project, I sit down and have a conversation with fear. Look, we're going on a road trip, me and creativity, and I know you're coming. You get to be in the minivan, and creativity and I are going to make all the choices. You have to let it be there. The harder you try to fight it, the more it fights back. So she says, fear, I recognize and respect that you are part of this family, and so I will never exclude you from our activities but still your suggestions will never be followed you are allowed to have a seat and you're allowed to have a voice but you are not allowed to have a vote you're not allowed to touch the road maps you're not allowed to suggest detours you're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature and dude you are not even allowed to touch the radio <laughs> but above all else my dear old familiar friend you are absolutely forbidden to drive i love it so I love buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> buckle up. But I love that. I love that. And I'll put a link to her book, Magic Lessons, if you haven't picked up a copy of that. It really is pretty incredible. Lots of little nuggets of wisdom. But really understanding that fear is not something to be fought. And it's something to be optimized. Like it's going to be there. So how do we kind of lessen it? And it really depends on the extreme of what you're feeling so for me some of my students it was really amazing I was sharing with them that I was going into this audition so one of the ways managing this fear that I have that consistently I have no matter how many shows I do no matter how many speaking engagements I do how proud I am of my performance or my speech Anytime I go up for a crowd, my body thinks we're in danger, right? Yeah. And so I will have that same anxious energy. Now you can go down a couple of paths in those scenarios. You can get mad at yourself for feeling what you feel and go like, God damn it, why are you so nervous? You're totally prepared. Stop it. Oh my gosh. Or you can go into the mind fuck of like, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to do? Oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm stupid. They're not going to think I'm prepared. They're going to do that. You can entertain that thought process. Or what I choose to do is be really kind to my body and talk to myself in a really kind manner. So first I'll address my body and I'll say, thank you so much for coming to my rescue. Thank you for preparing for danger. We're totally safe and we're prepared. It does not mean that anxiety goes away, but it sure as fuck lessens than for when sure. I'm entertaining one of those other thought processes. And then I start telling myself messages that encourage me. Like one of the things I say every time I go on stage or whether it's for speaking engagement or theater, I say they cannot wait to hear what you have to say. Mm. Because you never, nobody ever attends a show hoping that the actors are going to totally fuck up. They, right. they can't they wait see a good show. to be entertained, right? right? You, you don't ever go to a speaking engagement and go, I bet this girl's going to totally trip. <laughs> and I bet she's going to say um, way too many times and she's totally incompetent. You're like, can't wait to learn what they're going to teach you. Right. 
So that's one thing that I always fuel myself with. And I'm like, they can't wait to hear you. And it's like this little pep talk. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that fear doesn't exist in those instances, but it means that I optimize it. It means that I tweak it and I don't let it ride shotgun. I don't let it touch the radio, but I acknowledge that it's along for the ride. Right. And what you're doing on a physiological level is you're taking yourself out of your sympathetic nervous system using your parasympathetic nervous system. And that sympathetic nervous system is what creates that cortisol emission. Right. So when you turn that sympathetic nervous system off, you're actually giving your nervous system a break. Right. Right? And that break actually helps you see things clearer. Right. Because when you're in fight, flight, freeze... You're not thinking clearly. That's exactly right. You're, you're, the system that you're using is has three things that it does. Right. right. So you have to get out of that in order to make better choices or to make Oh, it. my gosh. So yes. that's the physiology of it. I love, love, love that you just said that, which again ties into my third point, which is after you've come down from whatever intense emotion that was, like fear, anger, depression, whatever, after you've allowed yourself to sit with it, then you decide on your behavior or your action mm-hmm. because you're not you're not of sound mind. <laughs> right. You're it's ready it's to defend, right. right? So that's why I always say when you're super pissed at your spouse, that's not the time to have the conversation because you are in fight mode. You are in combat mode. Right. So same thing. If you feel like a huge attraction to another person outside of your relationship, when you're around them and you're feeling all sorts of feelings and emotions, right then is not the time to decide if you're going to cheat or not. You need to break away from that intensity of that emotion, take some time to chill, calm down before you make any sort of choice about your behavior. Because so often we experience an extreme emotion and we think it must mean behavior. Right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel guilty that I can't be there for this person. So I'm going to go, like, you know. Drink a fifth of Jack. No. No, usually when you <laughs> – that's funny. But usually when you experience guilt, you go into people-pleasing. So that's mm-hmm. the behavior. You go into, well, let me just do, 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 do for all these other people so I don't have to feel guilt. Or if we feel anger, we go and do something – Hostile, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's when we say things we don't mean. That's when we we hurt people, or we key a car, or we do behavior that's not of go, sound well, mind. That was a dumb, dumb move, right? Or when you are in the throes of fear or anxiety, and you're feeling that intense of that emotion, those are the times when it's really, really hard to take action and think really clearly so that one can be one of the hardest because you have to if you're in a situation like I was talking about with um with going into an audition you know like I have to really talk to myself in in I don't there's no time to come down like there is no coming down I have to behave bravely right I have to exercise courage even though I'm still feeling that so that's the tough answer too to how do you deal with it if you're just so overcome? Sometimes it's just a baby step. Right. But you have to really acknowledge what's happening and then start flexing courage. So if you haven't listened to last week's, please be sure to go listen to episode 154, which I'll be sure to link in the podcast notes. And because uh, they work very much in tandem. But I'm hoping that through these different 
concepts that we're sharing with you that it becomes really clear that it is it's about working with it it's not ever that you're going to eradicate it right and, and to your um submission point the listener that submitted from the audience from the audience yes the audience member um i she um i, I think the people that are able to <clears throat> overcome that fear or manage that fear or work with that fear are the people that actually get what they want that's true right that's exactly right. Um, and, and she says, I know what I want. I'm just afraid to do it. Yeah. That barrier has to be broken right. in order to get to your destination. Right. You have to get through that barrier. That's exactly right. So the people that are successful in life are the ones that are able to do that on a consistent basis. Yeah. They're not without fear. Right. They just are like, I'm going to go they after They have tools. It. And they're like, I'm going to. I don't care what fear says. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's really uncomfortable for so many people because you're feeling a constant state of uncomfortable. Right. And so we've talked about in coaching, in our coaching school, it was like start getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. That's exactly your point through this whole podcast is well, and realizing that that is where you want to be. Right. <laughs> and also knowing when too much is too much, when right? Too much like is too and much, yeah. and I don't want to override anything that's a legit anxiety disorder where you really are afraid you might die or mm -hmm. you know no, OCD or things like that. I really don't want to discount any of that because if that's the situation it's definitely worth talking to somebody about. But I remember talking to one of my theater directors when I was taking a pretty intense class of his and I'm like I am so sick of being anxious like I'm sick of having this feeling because I'm nervous all the time every and you know I was taking the class twice a week and I was doing theater in the evenings and it was just it was a lot so that was an overload for me so you might have to look at increments like mm -hmm. okay I'm gonna sit here and push through making really hard sales calls Exactly. Just on this day. Just like something you've always said is, what is something I can do right now to get me through that barrier just a little bit further? Yeah, just a smidge. And a huge piece of it, too, is how you speak to yourself. And again, yeah. we talked about that last last week. But even acknowledging your emotion or acknowledging that you're uncomfortable and just saying, I am feeling really anxious, but I'm not allowing that to dictate my behavior even saying yeah. something like that to yourself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or I was telling a client today that one of the things I love to say that I heard somebody say about cancer actually and I tweaked it around anxiety is I have anxiety it does not have me mm -hmm. so it's acknowledging it's not going to drive it's not going to drive I have <laughs> it I it's always going to be a constant management but it doesn't get to dictate my action Hashtag fuck cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So if you're hearing some of this stuff and you're like, oh, my God, I need more, 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 more. We do take an entire week to dissect this in mm. Excuse Me, Your Badass is Showing Self-Confidence Edition. Because, again, breaking through our fear is what helps us take courageous action and create that confidence. So if you're interested, excuse me. I highly suggest you visit thejoyjunkie.com forward slash excuse me before Wednesday so that you can get all of the extra rad bonuses and get in on the early bird price. And yeah, so. 
Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. And I think that's it. Anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I've added quite enough. I love your scientific ad-libs. <laughs> I think they're fantastic. And it's great because it, it really pulls it into, it's not just fucking woo-woo. Right. Like there's actually shit that's happening to your body. Exactly. So yeah. thank you for your contribution, Mr. Smith. Absolutely. My pleasure. It You are a gentleman and a scholar. Well... I don't know about that. Well, let's I, not go too far. I really think you are. <laughs> All right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out.